it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word. World Cup Daily, day 26. Sri Lanka playing Afghanistan in Pune, the city that I'm in. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins with you. The show brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. And Adam, you are going to tell us all about what happened in this match in the space of 30 seconds. Huge game after both sides came in after big wins last week. Afghanistan win the toss and bowl on Sri Lanka. Never really get going. Six batsmen out between 20 and 40. A collapse from two for to eight foot meant that their last turnovers was rubbish. Faruqi ends up taking a four for four for 34. Wickets for Majeeb off the top. An excellent wrong and from Rashid in the middle and the chase is as clinical as it comes. Three half centuries Afghanistan have won three from four and they're more than a puncher's chance of making the semi-finals. They are a chance. It is possible. It is Jim Carrey saying you're saying that there's a chance but there is a chance. It, and, and this one, I know we talked about this during the last couple of Afghanistan wins, England and Pakistan and people being very annoyed at you saying that it was an upset and so on. Um, and this is still a little bit, a little bit, but less out of out of the three, this is the least. Because I think this was the fixture, Adam, that you could look at and identify and say, well, if there's a team that's going to struggle with the way that Afghanistan is sometimes able to really tighten up on bowling, um, and, and if there's a team that don't entirely have their act together, even though they battered England the way that they've played in their other games, this is a very winnable game for Afghanistan if they play at their best. And particularly at the halfway stage, after the first innings, this it, it didn't feel like it was unlikely. 
it felt like at that point this is Afghanistan's game to lose and they will only lose it if they really stuff it up from here chasing 242 batting second um, it felt like they should do it and the way that they went about their run chase against Pakistan the other day what surprised about that was how clinical and confident and competent it was and they did exactly the same thing here with a more manageable chase and, and in the end did it as comfortably as they did against Pakistan if not more so. Yeah, they've lost five wickets in their last two chases, making 528 runs and winning both fixtures. And I think the celebration at the end, there was a little bit of a celebration around Rashid Khan playing his 100th one-day international, but it was subdued because they did expect to win. Um, you know, upsets and defining games as upsets has been a bit controversial through the tournament. But, you know, I don't know, upset viz, this is the lowest on the spectrum so far on account of how well Afghanistan bowled and how well they chased. I mean, I think the greatest compliment you can give the Afghanistan chase tonight is that it was actually quite boring. They lose a wicket yep. straight up. Matashanka, who's been brilliant for Sri Lanka throughout the course of the tournament, gets another one to hoop through the gate straight away. So Ramanula, who is so important up the top, made a half century against Pakistan last week. He goes inside the first over. But then Ramat Shah, I mean... He looked like Rohit Sharma tonight. He, he doesn't smack the ball. He caresses the ball. He plays through the onside with such class that, yeah, a couple of times I'm like, gee, that, that could be Rohit Sharma. And they turned it into a boring, formulaic chase, which is exactly what you want when you're hauling down 242. You don't want little tremors. You don't want little scares. And the way they were able to close it out with the 113 run stand between Hashmat, the captain, and Azbatullah, who made his highest score in one day cricket tonight, 73 not out from 63 balls with three sixes, one straight after the second drinks break. Again, it's a it's a small but important moment, right? They they come out after drinks. We've already seen Matashanka get a second wicket in there as well, getting rid of Ibrahim Zadran, another really important cog uh, in the Afghanistan batting lineup, but then um, clouding a six, Asmat, the two mats, wasn't it? Hashmat and Asmat, who, who've, who've got them there and <laughs> got them there without really breaking a sweat. Their 100 run stand mm. came in 93 balls. They never felt like they needed to move into fourth or even fifth gear um, because their bowlers did such a great job of constricting things early on. Majib, not least, to it was like a 90s throwback, Jeff, bowling, I think, all of his 10 overs inside the first. 20-something. Um, you very rarely see that. That's Adam Dale-esque, and um, the one that went straight on leg before was the ball of the day. He finished by the 32nd over. 32nd, yeah. in, in two spells, Majib. And this was there was some really clever planning and captaincy today um, and selection as well. This is what I liked. So, yeah, the run chase was good. The run chase was clinical and all the rest of it. That win's set up in the first innings, and it's mm. set up in the planning stages. And this is what excited me most about how Afghanistan went about their game today. So that Pakistan game in Chennai, they'd, they'd identified that Pakistan had a problem with left arm wrist spin. Um, they brought in Noor Ahmad, the left arm wrist spinner. They played four spinners in that game on the Chennai pitch. It worked. He took the three biggest wickets uh, in helping curtail Pakistan's score. They changed that up for this game. They, they didn't give in to the temptation to say, well, he's taken wickets, so you have to keep him in the team. They brought back Fazal Haq Faruqi, the left arm yep. quick, who they'd left out the, the previous game. The perfect swap um, ends up, as you say, like bowling that incredibly parsimonious uh, analysis by the end of the game, gets through his 10 overs and picks up four wickets along the way, four for 34, um, the, the right pick. And then I think it was, I, I don't know how much of this was pre planned because we've seen Majib at times, um, he didn't bowl his full overs against Pakistan. We, we've seen him come back a little later in the innings at times. This time around, like you say, bowled him in two spells, finished him up by the 32nd, but he took 
key wickets in that second spell. So he gets rid of Kusal Mendes and he gets rid of Summer of Ikrama. Two of, you know, the, the two have been most consistent in, in making runs for Sri Lanka through this World Cup. And they, I, I don't know if Hashimatullah was going on gut to keep him on at that point, but kept him on. Bold is full 10. And that was after uh, the Afghanistan bowlers had been able to suppress the score you know, up until the halfway mark of the innings. That only made Sri Lanka had made just over half of the runs they would end up making. So they were 125 off the first 25 overs. And they'd been so... They'd been suffocated effectively and they weren't sure whether to attack and how much to attack and all the rest of it. Afghanistan played on that and used Majib to really really press that scoring rate down up until that 30 second over and then the others were able to, to take over and see it through. Yeah, so they went from 134 for two to 185 for seven, and that that's that squeeze you're referring to. And yeah, you know, Majib just outbowled the other mystery spinner, right? Tikshana, who's been light on wickets through the comp, and Majib just looked more threatening. That Samara Wickmer dismissal I referred to before, that was 60 mile an hour or 94 kilometres an hour in new money or something like that. Didn't pick it at all off the pitch. And how could you? With that action, it's so difficult. Uh, the three different deliveries that he seems to cycle through in every over, Majib, when he's on, yeah. he's so difficult to play. But they kept the stamps in play. I mean, uh, Fazal Huck Faruqi's first wicket, getting rid of Dimith Karuna Ratna, the, the player we've invested so much in over the uh, journey, Jeff, on, on the final yeah. word. But it was one of like, Four dismissals that were bowled all league before. And then you fold in the two runouts, the direct hit uh, runout that happened at Chimera, who was into the squad and into the side today. Mm-hmm. That was Ibrahim Zadran. Uh, and the one at the very end, Rajitha, in the final over. So they don't bat out their overs. And, you know, you don't want to read too much into this, but not batting out your overs can often carry into the second innings or the second half of the game. And, and it didn't quite do that because Sri Lanka get a wicket right mm-hmm. away. But not being able to bat their full complement against Afghanistan um, was always going to put them on the back foot. But yeah, that, those scores that were falling in the middle there with Nasanka top scoring, 46 from 60, but six mm-hmm. players falling between 23, I think it is, and 46. That's um, as it was for a couple of teams earlier in the tournament. I think England against New Zealand suffered from that where they didn't have one player who was able to, to kick on. And, and that's where you get in trouble in this tournament when you can't have a player go through and make 100 and really make the most of the start. You don't get 300 plus and you can't apply the same kind of scoreboard pressure when defending 241. It's not possible. And that was also, I mean, the the catch that's taken off Nasanka by oh, Gerbaz, yeah. who's having to substitute wicket keep because Ikram Ali Keel has had his finger dislocated by a throw in from the deep. So he got iced up and was ready to bat but couldn't keep, which will make whoever does the ICC... Um, team sheets happy because they've been listing Gerbos as the wicket keeper in every game that, that, that I've been at that Afghanistan have played. He, he's he's now the backup keeper with Ikram doing that job. Um, but yeah, so and, and Nisanka played really nicely. I mean, needed to. Um, so big Frankie Runes, uh, Dimuth Karunaratna, brought back into the side for Kusal Janath Pereira, which I thought was odd. I mean, okay, you know, KJP frustrates people at times it makes some low scores and so on but batted really well against Australia like I've mm. you know I saw people putting up comments about how he hasn't made any runs in the World Cup well he, he has and he did um, and put Sri Lanka in a position from which they should have gone on to a bigger score and, and won against the Australians but you know d- didn't end up doing it after that big opening partnership that he put on with Nasanka so they pull that rein quickly get Karuna Ratner into the side he's more of a accumulator stroke maker um, but, but trying to do it in your first 
World Cup innings when you've been riding the bench for five games is likely to be a little bit tricky. So, yeah, he only makes 15. Um, but Nisanka looked like the one who was on to make a big score today um, until he's caught behind. And it's Asmatullah with the yes. wicket again. So, so Asmatullah is the medium pace all-rounder. Pretty thankless job when he was one of two seamers against Pakistan when Naveen was the only specialist quick and Asmatullah was having to try to bowl out the death overs and was getting bashed around by Iftikhar Ahmed and so on. Um, but he's done a job early in the innings three different times against New Zealand. He took two wickets in and over and, and helped set up a situation that, that could and probably should have seen Afghanistan win that game had they held their catches after that and, and not let New Zealand get away. Um, he takes an important wicket in that Pakistan innings as well early in the innings before he gets pumped around late um, and he bowls such a good spell first up here as well with the wicket parsimonious as well um, you know gives nothing away he gets serious seam movement off the pitch and he's bowling at a brisk enough pace you know he's not absolutely lightning hurling them down but he's, he's been generating enough pace off the surface to actually cause consternation and he, he caused real problems for the Sri Lankans today so it just felt like they mm. weren't they weren't bold enough to take on these Afghanistan bowlers. Um, and so by the time they got halfway through the innings or into the 30, 33rd, 35th over and so on, they just didn't have enough there to feel confident in pushing on. And, and like you say, they end up with um, poor old Angelo Matthews coming in at seven, having to do what he can, hits a four, hits a six, gets a little bit going, makes 23. But there's just been too much left to do uh, for him and, and for the lower order. I'm glad you mentioned Asmatullah in the bowling context. I was going to do that as well. Remember that he's been super versatile as well. Came up the order and batted five against India and made a brisk cast century. You know, yep. 73 not out after the big wicket of, of Nasanka, who top scored for Sri Lanka and has been in super nick, having made four half centuries on the bounce. So, yeah, 23 years of age and a lot of love for the top order of Afghanistan and the middle order. Well, he's playing a role in that, you know, today. Um, helping close it out in that great partnership and seems like he's got a really high ceiling as an all-rounder and balances that Afghanistan side perfectly. The other side of the coin is that you know, Sri Lanka worked really hard to get themselves into a position where they controlled their own destiny mm. again. They dropped the first two games, albeit um, batting at a run rate that meant that their net run rate was in OK Nick. Have, then they win the you know the next couple of games, including a biggie against England. But dropping this one means the probability of them reaching the semi-finals. Well, absolutely everything would need to go right for them. So they've, in yeah. one day, gone from being maybe the side most likely to dislodge one of the top four to yet another also ran in this tournament. So, um, you know, the batting's not been good enough. Um, and that's been consistent after the first two games. Weirdly, when they started winning, their batting wasn't quite as convincing as it was earlier in the competition with how they were batting then and, and scoring over 300 a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I would say that yeah, they've, they've got next, I'm just taking a quick peek down the page here. Next, they've got India on Thursday at the 1KD and Afghanistan. Just to kind of go through the, um, the, the, the machinations for them, right? Netherlands is their next game. That's Friday yep. at Lucknow. Um, that's yeah. that's a that's a cracking game. I don't think when we would have been mapping out um, games in the tournament a month ago that you would have saw Afghanistan and, and Netherlands, you know, the ninth and the tenth seed in this tournament, in all probability, being a, a, an important game. And look, the Dutch can't make the semis, but um, Afghanistan can. That's very much a live game. But they'll probably well, they can, need to be theory. The, the Dutch can. They just have to beat India and um, win every game by a huge margin. Yeah, but, it's and have it's Australia or New Zealand lose all their games. Well, yeah, this is what I was looking at before we started. Theoretically possible. Yeah, before we started recording, I took a look at this, and the issue that 
everyone else has got outside the top four is net run rate, right? And Afghanistan yeah. fall into that boat as well. There are about two full runs off reaching Australia or New Zealand on that measure, acknowledging that South Africa have only dropped one game and India effectively already through. So for Afghanistan, they'll need to beat the Netherlands and they'll probably need to beat Australia and South Africa. And if they do that, they'll have bloody earned it. If they go six and three from here, they've won three yeah. of their last four, but if they go off and win their, you know, their last six... Um, to rattle in, or that, oh, it would be their last five, wouldn't it? Um, having last, one of three, yeah. the last yeah. five, but you know, six of their their last seven to make it through to the semi-finals. They'd be a very worthy member of the final four. It's improbable, but hmm. with a couple of weeks to go in the group stage, all you can do is keep winning and and trying not to make net run rate part of it. And I know they finished it in a bit of a hurry this evening to win in the forty-six over, and that was commendable. Yep. But I think for them, it's less about that. And just got to get on one hell of a roll. And look, if, if they beat the Netherlands, there'll, there'll be no better time to catch Australia, who by that stage might be pretty much locked away in the semis themselves. And if the Dutch beat Afghanistan, then they end up with three wins minimum, which again, yeah. wouldn't be something that most people would have um, tipped to happen before this tournament. We talked on the Daily Show, I spoke with Daniel about the uh, the, the, the Champions trophy places in a couple of years time and and the 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 prospects of qualification for that the fact that Bangladesh and England are ninth and tenth on the table at the moment so they're in the positions to miss out on that tournament whether it goes ahead is is another question um so yeah you know in in theory possibly Afghanistan could still end up with 12 points um or you know could end up with 10 in a net run rate battle Australia and New Zealand are only on eight points at the moment and and it's possible not again, not probable, but that both one or other of those teams could lose all of their remaining games and, and only have eight points. Who knows? New Zealand have to play South Africa in a couple of days, where we're doing the coverage of that game here in Pune as well. So you know, if they got smashed up by South Africa, who knows what effect that would have on New Zealand going into their last couple of games, where they play Pakistan and Sri Lanka, mm. which which won't be gimmies by any stretch. So. You know, we we know what's more likely to happen, but we also know that the things that we've already seen happen in this tournament were unlikely and yet have taken place, which is one of the things that, that so often happens in sport is that the unexpected result takes place. So Afghanistan have at least put themselves in that position to be able to do something or to have the opportunity to do something really significant. And it's come off the back of really clear calm, composed cricket over their last couple of matches. And, and that's the most satisfying thing to see from that team is just how, um, just how cleanly they've gone about winning their last couple of games. Yeah, and just on that Champions Trophy piece, that's not for nothing, right? Like, we've, we've started to hear that into the, the conversation since Shakib al since Shakib Al-Hassan rather said it a couple of days ago. More on that on the weekly show that we'll record tomorrow. But for the Dutch, I mean, they could end up in the top seven here if, if they beat Afghanistan and things sequence mm. the way they wish it to. Indeed, it could be that Afghanistan and Holland both make that top seven. Now, of course, that tournament's not going to happen, right? Let's, let's be realistic here. It's scheduled to happen in Pakistan. India will not accept a tournament in Pakistan. So let's not get carried away. It won't happen but at least theoretically making the top seven in this scenario and giving themselves a chance to qualify that would be a you know a really a really really cool thing so um i think that's just about everything i wanted to get through in the main body of the show mm -hmm. jeff uh i had something else here but you know what we'll, 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 oh you know one more thing one more thing oh, we, we, yes last week when afghanistan beat pakistan and it was a far more 
it felt like it was more jeopardy towards the end, although they finished it around the same time in the, in the chase. Yeah, we, we spoke of how playing a lot of one-day cricket provides them the chance to uh, win games that are tough like that. Exactly the same here. Like Afghanistan, if they were a side that didn't play quite so much high-level one-day cricket, they wouldn't have waltzed the 242. They would have been hard-held at best. So again, it's just a, yep. a reminder that playing lots of one-day cricket means that when you reach a global tournament, once you're in the qualification, bearing in mind there'll be 14 teams here in four years' time, and we want all 14 teams to be able to beat each other. The only way that's going to be possible is if all these 14 teams keep playing plenty of this format over the next four years. All right, Jeff, on that note, let's move along to the final word, Hall of Fame. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Final Word Hall of Fame for the most Final Word moment of the day as ever is brought to you by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City, where they're more extra and they're less ordinary. I did a talk today, Jeff. That's why I'm, I'm dressed, you know, uh, in a shirt and jacket where I was introduced that way. The, uh, Matt Jones, who listens to the show, brought me in with more extra less ordinary as a nod to our friends at Westfield. Um, I gather lots of people are queuing up to um, have a roll around on the ice rink uh, mm -hmm. at uh, ice rink ice skating rink uh, in a couple of yep. weeks when that opens up at Westfield London uh, in uh, in Shepherd's Bush there around the huge Christmas tree um, and it feels like those conditions now Jeff where we're right in you've been over here at this time of year with me before you reach the, the, the clocks changing as they did yesterday um, my children are waking me up at six in the morning um, which yep. is a function of the sun coming up a snifter earlier it's very dark in London now when I'm recording this and it's bloody cold outside it feels the right time to get the skates on don't like I don't like the sound of any of those things except for the ice skating bit. Um, why not? Why not, Stephen Bradbury? It up um, if you're if you're in London, get yourself a ticket. Just Google ice skating Westfield. You'll figure it out. There's Hall a link in fame. the show I mean, notes. There's a link in the show notes to the ice oh, yeah. skating. Make it easy for yourself. Click that and go along. It's going to be really lovely. I'm going next week. Hall of Fame's. I mean, I think just Sri Lanka's entire fielding effort has to go into the <laughs> Hall of Fame for being generally shit house with with occasional bits of. Almost brilliance. A word for poor old Patam Nasanka, who, as we said, batted really nicely and um, didn't get the rewards in the form of a win. And also almost pulled off one of the best catches you'll see sprinting in from square leg late in the piece when Afghanistan needed. I think it was 21 to win at that point and, you know, probably weren't going to stuff it up. But who knows if somebody takes a screamer of a catch, maybe you get things going. Flying through the air, full forward dive, those difficult ones diving forward, got hands to it and just couldn't quite hold on. But it was full commitment. Um, and then also the fact that Afghanistan win the match on another dropped catch that's slogged out to deep mid-wicket um, that, that goes spiralling out there and gets put down as they run through for the winning single. 
title with one to win. And, and also, was it Matashanka who tried to throw at the striker stumps and missed by about yeah. 10 yards and gave away a run to fine leg, um, which, which only got saved because they happened to have fine leg fine enough to cut that off. Otherwise, it would have been four overthrows from the bowler's own arm. Uh, God, they were all over the place at times tonight. Asalanka's dive at the end, Jeff. I know you weren't doing this game, but Cam and I were. The, the, the Sri Lanka-Netherlands game, which was um, last week, um, or the week before, possibly. Um, he did exactly the same thing then, flying through the air in a way that he didn't need to. His, his, his heels kicked up higher than his body, above the perpendicular, like... Temba Bavuma when he executed that run out at the Wacker all those years ago in a test match that you and I were covering. Doesn't need yeah. to. He gets to the contest quickly enough to avoid the huge dive in the air and did himself no favours and it felt almost fitting that they lost the match uh, on a misfield or a drop catch. The, the opposite of that, uh, we've made a lot of the Netherlands um, notes in the pocket and how they're leaving nothing to chance and we've really admired that. Like, same with Afghanistan. Now, I know there's been a bit of piss taken out of Jonathan Trott's whiteboard through the tournament, but and I know it's pretty basic, you know, 10 overs, 50 runs, 20 overs, 100 runs, 30 overs, 150, etc. Well, today, the last ball of the 10th over, they hit their 50th run, and the last ball of the 40th over, they brought up their 200th run. So they are playing to a plan. They're leaving nothing mm-hmm. to chance, and the big smile on Jonathan Trott's face as they, yep. you know, systematically worked through uh, that chase was, was brilliant to see tonight. Other nominations mm-hmm. from me, Jeff. Frankie Runes is back, your man. Um, He's got to get them Mm -hmm. in the pool, though, doesn't he? Get in the pool, Frank. Get them in the pool. There is only one way to sort out this Sri Lankan team. I don't think you've been swimming enough. I don't think there's been enough aquatic activity. We need some Esther Williams shit. We need some. We need some mermaids. We need some choreography. Um, You need to, you know, do shoot from above. Do the zipper thing uh, with everybody's legs. Get get the the ropes and the ribbons in there if you have to. Get combine it with some rhythmic gymnastics. Whatever you need to do, Frank. Get them in the pool. That's the only way Sri Lanka will sort this out. Speaking of rhythm, I really enjoy uh, Fazal Hakfaruki's um, wicket celebration. We've been doing this thing at home. I dance in the kitchen with Winnie a lot, and I tell her to dance like a tree, and she does. gives it these ones, swaying her arms above her head. That's exactly the celebration we see from Fazal Huck mm-hmm. whenever he gets mm-hmm. a wicket. And just another commentary thing. Um, I love the way that Aaron Finch is talking about Afghanistan when he's doing their games. Like, it's easy being, a, I guess, a former player, a former grade of the format in Finch, coming in and being like a little bit too cool for school. We do see that with TV commentators from time to time. Finch, on the other hand, is thoroughly invested in... You can mm. see he's doing his homework, right? That's the first thing. And kind of embracing the joy of a side like Afghanistan going on this run. We said last week we know the Afghanistan picture more widely is a complicated one, and we've recorded many shows on that, and I don't want to sort of diminish that point. But just focusing on the cricketers themselves, Aaron Finch is all over that, and may his commentary career be as illustrious as his cricketing one. And one more point for me, which is that I really enjoyed that Afghanistan's... Their bowling performance wasn't built on Rashid Khan today. He played his 100th ODI for the country today. And I think he would have been really pleased that they got a clinical win with him taking one for 50 off his 10 rather than him having to take six for 25 in order to make that same result happen. The win, I mean, Naveen Al-Haq didn't even bowl out his full overs, bowled six and a half of them. The fact that that bowling performance is predicated on, yes, Majib, uh, who, who, is, who is a freak show as a spinner who bowls in the power play and goes at less than four and over in the power play across all of his ODI career. But the fact that it was built on Fazal Haq, the young left arm quick, and on Asmatullah, the all-rounder, I think that's hugely significant as well, that when you've got your next tier of players and your your next age bracket um, and your next level down in terms of those expected to be the stars of the show, when those players are winning games, that's when you're a really good cricket team. And Rashid still found time to bowl a 
beautiful googly go through the the defenses of dan and jay oh, yeah. uh, only appropriate uh, and and the love mm-hmm. for rashid as well in the in the post game you can you can see that he remains the heart and soul of, of that side and he's been described as afghanistan's first cricketing superstar before and you know that, that that's a fair assessment he was um he, yep. he played his role in his milestone game the match tomorrow match 31 is pakistan up against bangladesh so pakistan absolutely have to win that to have any chance of progress as slim as it is then new zealand play afghan uh, play South Africa, where you are, Jeff, in Pune on Wednesday. So uh, that's that. This has been the final word, uh, day 26, Afghanistan 3 and 4. Let the good times roll. Our coverage for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City, more extra, less ordinary. Good night. Bye. Bye.